We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Mahomes has the time, delivers, perfectly downfield, touchdown, Patrick Mahomes with a rope. This one, Adams, touchdown! This time going deep for Beckham Jr. Hello everyone, welcome back to Road of His Overtime on Road of His Radio. My name's Colin Kelly, you can follow me on Twitter at Overtime Ireland, and as always, joined on today's show by one of the co-owners at Road of His, it is Mr. Sean Siegel. Sean, a fun show earlier this week for any of the listeners that didn't uh, check it out yet, I would highly recommend it. We talked about some best ball, uh, some of the opening rounds of a recent draft that you did over at the ffpc with blair andrews we talked through a number of different players uh, some of the tools up on the site and we're going to be doing a similar format today but we're going to be looking uh, a little bit at the Superflex format to, to mix things up and as i mentioned on the show earlier this week you know we'll be talking with players and you can uh, kind of decipher that into depending on your your league that you're in maybe you're solely a dynasty player or you're solely a baseball player or you're solely a redraft player or even into the DFS world, um, it'll give you some insight into those players and our values for them heading into 2021. And something, Sean, uh, obviously this could be also a quick plug to try and get some uh, <laughs> reviews on, on your favorite podcast app, uh, but I have noticed a number of different reviews over the last uh, month or so where people have mentioned that they don't play Dynasty, but they gain a lot of knowledge and information about different formats that they do play so some people unlike me and sean who like to try and play everything some people might only be at one format but those insights can be transferred to all the different formats and of course while i'm mentioning that drop us a written interview on your favorite podcast app but we will appreciate it greatly uh, i'm going to do the plug at the start of today's show as well for any uh, topics or content you'd like to see on the shows over the the common weeks and months obviously we'll be continuing the show throughout the off season we have the draft and so much more to get into and we'll be talking about 
a lot of different scenarios. But if there's anything in particular that you would like to see us talk about on one of the upcoming Road of His Overtime podcasts, whether it's a certain format, whether it's a uh, a type of league whatever it is um, even if it's a, a an article that sean has done on the website if you'd like some additional information on things like that there just uh, drop me a tweet at overtime ireland or, or send uh, an email my way at rotavisradio at gmail.com we'll try and implement some of the stuff uh, that you'd like to hear from us um, over the next couple of weeks and months on the podcast but sean today we're going to be diving into best ball super flex and uh, some of the insights there so uh, i'm going to let you uh, kick off the the opening the opening uh, kind of soliloquy here for the the super flex best ball you mentioned one of the best parts of these early best ball leagues and that's that it gives us a sense of player valuations i think that is the really fun part uh, samuel wallace and i doing a cool dynasty super flex draft off right now we're doing a long mock draft for Superflex Dynasty looking at a startup. And it's been a blast. And one of the things that I've enjoyed doing is comparing where some of the players are going in these best ball drafts with the mock that we're doing. Now, best ball and Dynasty have very different valuations in some ways. And yet at the same time, when you're looking at a player who maybe is mid-career, early career, comes off the board earlier than maybe you had him in dynasty and it lets you think okay well maybe the market is going to be a little bit different than i'm anticipating here you can definitely look at some of these things and say okay well this i think is someone betting on a one-year play in 2021 contrasted to okay well these players people just think are going to ascend and so you get some really cool information here and one of the things that i've enjoyed is that maybe unlike the 2020 season where it was very clear that it was going to be christian mccaffrey saquon barkley to start things off uh, this season, we've seen a lot of different guys go early. In the first draft we talked about on Tuesday, Dalvin Cook was the 101. In the Superflex draft here, he falls to the 111. Now, a bunch of quarterbacks go ahead of him. That's no surprise. But also McCaffrey, Barkley, Elliott, and Alvin Kamara, specifically Elliott and Kamara, have some red flags. That doesn't mean they couldn't be the 2021 overall league winner, but some red flags. Cook falling below them coming off of the season that he just had I think is interesting, especially since we know that there is some enthusiasm out there for him too. One of the storylines of the last week is the retirement of Gary Kubiak. And I'm wondering how much some owners might put into that. The presence of Kubiak and him becoming the offensive coordinator with the departure of their previous coordinator to become the very successful first year coach of the Cleveland Browns. That was one of the elements of my pro cook thesis for 2020 we know that kubiak uh, had some strengths and weaknesses as a head coach but as a coordinator he has really been i think sort of an undervalued star we think of some of the guys that he made into real weapons with the texans you think of someone like an arian foster who was really the james robinson of the previous generation we think of someone matt schaub who just recently retired but for a year or two there was one of the best fantasy quarterbacks in the nfl and we're looking at that kind of in the context of kirk cousins and believing that maybe kirk cousins is the same type of not replacement talent because you can't do what he's done at the nfl level if you really are a pure replacement kind of guy but but someone who it was very average right and then you look at what he did with adam thielen this past year where thielen was one of these uh, very rare wide receiver touchdown scoring juggernauts we have that historic record-setting rookie year from justin jefferson and then we have dalvin cook as the 
running back one, two in that range, alternating off and on with Kamara throughout the year. We know that the fact that the Minnesota Vikings defense was not as good in 2020 and the Vikings needed to score more points sort of benefited the offense overall. It definitely benefited the wide receivers, but it also kept Cook in there in games, maybe not having him taken out in the third, fourth quarters. They used him on a very high volume of touches in some of these games to try to put them away. And they just used him because he is a scoring force, right? One of the rare running backs in football that you can build an offense around. Almost all other running backs are going to be peripheral pieces where the passing offense gets the ball down the field and then you're hoping that running back uh, gets it in from the one yard line. I think Kenyon Drake, probably the best example there. This Minnesota Vikings offense, they've thrived at times under different coordinators. We know that the head coaches may be a little bit of a limiting factor. We saw that with the success that Stefanski had with the Browns. We had that with the success that Stefan Diggs had with the Bills. Is there a concern here that Minnesota might just completely collapse i mean not even completely collapse but be a shadow of their former selves in this 2021 season justin jefferson feels like a lock i think that all of the numbers are going to be behind that blair andrews had a fantastic piece on the site recently talking about the reasons why he was such a fantastic prospect you take that prospect profile you had 1400 yards as a rookie you know that the normal jump that rookies have from season one to season two now jefferson hasn't really left him any any room for a jump if he just comes back and has the same season we'll be very very happy but what are we looking at for dalvin cook and adam thielen well adam thielen the concern would obviously be the age uh, getting up in age but when we look at you know cook i don't have a huge amount of concerns around him um has looked phenomenal um pretty much at all stages although more effective play call has helped that i think in terms of will kubiak step away uh, will that affect him this season i think the key to that is who replaces kubiak um there is obviously reports that it could be his son that steps in and, and replaces him so maybe very similar philosophies there i think you mentioned something that i i would probably agree with and that is the head coach making some of those decisions i i always see a lot of similarities between the Seahawks and the Vikings in terms of how the, the play calling can uh, change dramatically even week to week in terms of how pass happy they want to be um, but I think um, where Cook is and how good we know he is I think they're going to have to try and not build that team around him but have him very heavily involved in the game plan on a weekly basis and obviously they have two very solid uh, well one young star wide receiver and one very very solid even though he's a, a veteran wide receiver in Thielen uh, and I think then uh, obviously I still like Arab Smith a lot uh, but I think that what we'll see here is still a pretty concentrated offense and I think that means Cook will get enough and again like I mentioned with uh, Alvin Kamara on the show earlier this week I think that Cook has so much upside in the receiving game and I think that's where it really boosts him as well um, and that offensive line as well has improved a lot for the the Minnesota Vikings which all obviously will hopefully uh, carry through for them in terms of Cook's success this coming season but it was interesting to see just how some of these players shuffled in position you mentioned you know Cook pretty much swapping spots almost with Ezekiel Elliott and how the things have shaken out there and I think what we'll start to see and why we use the leagues like the FFPC leagues for this kind of data is they're you know they're they're paying leagues this isn't just a some somebody doing uh you know just a mock draft that people are putting their money down to to draft these players so you do get a a true reflection of um the values there so um i I still have a a lot a lot of high hopes for dalvin cook this season 
Saquon Barkley, somebody, Sean, who's um, interesting, obviously got injured very early in the season. We had very high hopes for him. Uh, we've seen what he's been able to do since he came into the NFL. Um, he, in this draft, was the second running back selected, um, You know, went at the sixth spot in this one. Um, over his last 15 games, he's averaged 17.3 PPR points per game. Um, it's It's going to be interesting to see how he comes back from that injury. You know, I always say people talk about injuries and all oh, that player will be back, he'll be okay. We see it year in, year out that not everyone comes back like Adrian Peterson did uh, from his knee injury. Um, we see players struggle at the start of the campaigns and sometimes struggle the whole way through it. We see other ones where they get stronger as the season goes on. We kind of seen that with Jarvis Landry this year um, when he came back from his injury at the start of the season and as the season progressed, started to look a lot healthier. So it's going to be interesting to see how effective he is once he comes back in does that injury concern you in terms of if you, if you were drafting him would you be confident uh, in picking him and uh, and moving forward i know you did draft him in the other league so uh, you know you've kind of, I've kind of answered that question but is, is that a concern that injury it, it is a concern and blair and i drafted him but it was very reluctantly we were looking at kind of that combination of age and upside even though we know that these running backs one of the things you you go in and look at the way that running back production moves through a running back's career and you see some of these guys one of the arguments that i had for you know holding a christian mccaffrey long term in that dynasty startup mock was that some of the biggest seasons that we've had the four seasons that were actually bigger than Christian McCaffrey's 2019 season were for running backs who are 27 or older. They were also from guys from the type of guys you would expect who are very, very unusual. We have a Marshall Falk, we have a Ladanian Tomlinson, we have a Priest Holmes, and Priest Holmes did get injured at the end of that run and was effectively done at that point. So we know that we're really one play away for all of these guys, and you need to pick one of them because of the ceiling that they offer. Even before they start to get in this 25, 26, 27 range where we know running backs can fall off the cliff very fast, we do have this collapse from age 21, 22 scoring for the players who score a lot, right? So it's very likely that Barkley is never back to what he was as a rookie. Amir had a cool article on the site talking about that this week. If you're interested in how running backs age, I would highly recommend checking that out. But for Barkley, we we have the fact that he's put up this rookie season that now we sort of anchor to, and yet, you know, how likely is he ever to do that again? He's got the injury issues. He's got the decreased production that you mentioned with that 17 points per game. Now, a couple of those are games that end early, so it'll be a little bit higher if we were just looking at full games. But we also have this Giants offense to where now they have a lot of questions. They have a lot of wide receivers who are really the guy who should be the number three wide receiver on the team. They have a quarterback in Daniel Jones who was looking like he could be a star, and now he's looking not at the Sam Darnold level, but in a level where we're pretty worried that another year from now, the Giants might be looking in another direction. And so this isn't a team that is going to carry Barkley to the goal line time and time again. It's going to be a team that he has to do the carrying. And there's the potential for that to really work out, but there's also for the potential for that to be something where you look back and you're like, well, why did I not draft a running back in a little bit better situation? And it's interesting when you contrast it to where guys like a Jonathan Taylor 
whom we have been supporting. You've been recommending taking as early as the third running back. I think that I have some interest in that. Derrick Henry falling into the second round here. The other interesting question in terms of this format and this draft is that he goes ahead of Dak Prescott, Deshaun Watson, Russell Wilson, Aaron Rodgers, and we know that running back is such I mean, the the quarterback is such a high priority here. We still have almost a little bit of a thought from some of the drafters that maybe running back is the key position. And I would offer that in super flex best ball in this particular format, it's not. So the quarterback goes in as one of the super flex spots that takes away one of the flexes and it limits who the starting lineup is even more. Now, a couple of things happen there. Number one, obviously, the QB becomes extremely valuable. The other thing that happens a little bit and wasn't reflected in this draft was that tight end becomes a greater percentage of the players that you're going to get from that running back wide receiver tight end group again because qb is taking away one of those starting spots so a couple of the takeaways from the roster construction explorer specifically the ffpc super flex version of it drafting your qb3 by the end of round five has had a 10% win rate in this contest. So this really boosts you up over that kind of first threshold where we want to get into double digits. Interestingly enough, only two teams took that route here. Now, Colum, we've talked a lot about the QB position in the early going in 2021. This draft started, CMC did go first, and that owner in the 2-3 turn came back around with Herbert and Tannehill. I definitely understand that if you can get McCaffrey, knowing that you're going to pick two quarterbacks when it comes back to you at the next turn, that makes some sense. The next four players, Patrick Mahomes, Josh Allen, Kyler Murray, Lamar Jackson, again, that makes sense. It was interesting to see Prescott, Watson, and Wilson fall into that end of the first, beginning of the second round area. The real tricky question i think for fantasy owners in 2021 is how do you navigate the rest of it right we like justin herbert we think that he could be a star we mentioned that the road of his screener if you put in the different metrics with uh, that have predictiveness for the following season at the quarterback position it actually likes herbert to outscore uh, some of the guys you know like a lamar jackson like a, a russell wilson now we, we stated that we don't think that that will happen but it gives a sense of historically what someone of herbert's level would be likely to do in year two so i think that we have him but then after that it gets very very tricky right Tannehill was the first pick in round three hertz was the 302 even though i mean i think it's highly likely that he's a starter in 2021 but you have a, a pick here at the beginning of the third round where the eagles are sending you know mixed signals about what they want to do and and this guy is coming off the board that early now i don't think that's necessarily a bad pick but it does illustrate how much question there is with the rest of them blair and i picked joe burrow someone else with big questions is he going to be healthy and ready to start the 2021 season if he's not then that becomes a very questionable pick that early in round three matt ryan baker mayfield tom brady and then trevor lawrence is picked to begin round four so one of the reasons i think that owners are not going with these three qbs number one it's difficult obviously all teams can't do it there aren't 36 good qbs that can all come off the board in the first five rounds but you're you're faced with these difficult questions of do you want to take a bad qb over a very good player at running back or wide receiver but if you don't 
then you're not going to have the necessary quarterbacks. And so that's really the, the dilemma teams are facing. Were you surprised at how quarterbacks came off the board? Do you have someone that you like much earlier who you think is a key pick? And you know, what are your thoughts on the fact that only two teams were able to come away with their third QB in this range that history tells us is, is really where you need to get them? yeah i think i think what you touched on there i think basically all the way down to and i would probably even pull based on uh, how the season finished i'd probably pull russell wilson out of that tier but i think all the way down to deshaun watson so i think you know dak prescott deshaun watson lamar jackson murray uh josh allen and patrick mahomes i think they're a clear tier and i think having you know having the option to pick one of those guys in the first round i think i would do that each and every time after that then the decision has to be made as to as you mentioned who you're taking a quarterback over but i think that second tier then russell wilson Aaron Rodgers, justin herbert ryan Tannehill, i would even slow slot in there and i guess that uh, jalen hurts that that's a pick on upside like if you that, that team in particular has patrick mahomes and then in the third round they've gone and, and got hurts and if he does what he did in those that small sample size like that that could be you know the kind of lamar jackson pick from a couple of years ago where you're you're really getting an advantage so i can see why you're why why somebody would make that pick um i think all the way down to to matt ryan but the, the question marks are there around matt ryan Do, does he start the season in atlanta i think he probably does but do, do we definitely know but what you'll see when and what i like to do is when you look at how these rosters have started to be constructed as we get through kind of seven rounds you know there's a lot of question marks if that their super flex quarterback uh, kind of core is going to get you to a winning season um can you like you know Kurt Cousins and Teddy Bridgewater might get you there but if you're waiting to the the fourth round to take that first quarterback is the upside really there with that sort of pick um you know that that's where the question marks come in like the Trevor Lawrence team has gone three quarterbacks in a row from the fourth fifth and sixth round but it's Trevor Lawrence Carson Wentz and Taysom Hill potentially there you have no starting quarterbacks come week one of the season like the, 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 there's question marks around them all whether they start come week one and how many games then they start throughout the season and, and for Lawrence it's not to do with ability it's to do with uh you know as a rookie do they put him in there straight away they probably will uh, based on his draft position but you know there's still that possibility so it's about trying to have those guys that are going to be able to start but also picking the upside so that's where i like a pick like hurts there but when you get into that fifth round sean when you get into that sixth round it starts to get very very questionable as to how much confidence you can have in those players when you're getting into the 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 wentz roethlisberger Taysom hill sam darnold jimmy garoppolo picks there the ones that are are very questionable so personally um i would like to have three of those in those first five rounds um, it just depends if, if you can fit in those other players so with your draft you've you've two tight ends in there as well separating the three quarterbacks in the second and f- uh, fourth rounds and um, the one player that you have drafted there that i would be questionable is tua i just i have a, I'm, I'm just not convinced by him as a quarterback um but when you're in that range the quarterbacks going after him were daniel jones bridgewater and wentz so there there's a lot of question marks when it gets there so this season could be a little bit tricky based on where some quarterbacks could end up and how some people mightn't be as on on as firm ground at the the quarterback position as as they think so um, there's a lot of strategy that will go into it i i almost think that we may need to be getting you know getting at least two two if not three in those first four rounds to have have really solid guys that we're very confident in 
I would agree with that. And I think that that is the question. I think this is going to be an exciting offseason. There is a lot of turnover at the QB position every year. Teams who don't have a franchise cornerstone are looking for that. You can see with the teams in the playoffs and who advance deep in the playoffs every year just how important that is. And I think that with the NFL becoming more of a passing league, a team where teams are a league where teams are going for it on fourth down more and more where you have to score more points every season that it'll become even more of a quarterback oriented league and so we know teams are going to be chasing the next patrick mahomes the next josh allen thinking that their guy can be that person we could see six quarterbacks drafted in the first round of the nfl draft we're going to see a lot of quarterbacks change teams that injects a lot of uncertainty into the super flex drafts and i think we're driven by the search for better but when it comes to hiring the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all don't search match with indeed indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to indeed data and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast ditch the busy work use indeed for scheduling screening and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. In many ways, it encourages you to take those quarterbacks early. It's what the numbers tell us to do. It gives you a lot of safety. At the same time, it does open up the possibility of some teams hitting on the perfect combination late getting some great values and having these unstoppable juggernauts of the type that justin herbert would have created last year for some teams so the quarterback position uh, one of the fun things and i know the quarterback is, is still something that doesn't generate as much enthusiasm uh, in the fantasy community in a lot of ways but superflex and the rise of superflex and including quarterback as a relevant position it has made fantasy leagues a lot more fun so i, I think we're going to see that change over the coming years Colin, i wanted to ask you as well about the tight end we talk about tight ends a lot our listeners are probably uh thinking you know let, let's let's give the tight ends a little <laughs> bit of a rest but it keeps coming back to this being the way that you win leagues right and i think if something is the way that you win and the reason that you win you want to make sure that you're focused in on that and we can go right back to the roster construction explorer we can see that when you draft your tight end one in the first three rounds of these super flex best ball leagues that you have a win rate just north of 11 percent okay and again i mean that's a big jump when you're talking about thousands of leagues that's a big jump to get that far above the 8.3 percent that would be your average win rate so we're talking about above 11 percent to draft a tight end in the first three rounds now it's more difficult to do that when we're talking about superflex. a little bit easier in a in a classic format where you're thinking okay well i get a couple of running backs maybe you know rotoviz listeners won't do that as much but your general fantasy community say i get a couple of running backs i get that tight end and then i can build out the rest of my positions there are plenty of free guys available to do that now, a super flex, when we want those 
three quarterbacks early, we're starting to think, okay, well, you know, how do I get my running back? How do I get my wide receiver? At the same time, we know we have to get that tight end. Only three teams took a tight end in the first three rounds of this draft. I think that that's understandable when you consider that people are concerned about how do I address both QB and running back in this format. At the same time, we know that we want to get these stud tight ends. So Colin, how much of this is people not realizing the value and how much of it is simply that there's travis kelsey there's george kittle there's darren waller and then who else would you really take so of course there are only going to be three teams who did it in the first three rounds i think it's a combination of both i think even though mark andrews didn't have the season maybe we were hoping he would have this season i still think you could push him into uh that third round range to be able to to make that happen um i think like you mentioned there about us talking about tight ends or even the quarterback position on today's show the problem is that when we look at you know the roster construction explorer and it tells you the winners people are just not seeing the same information you know people still have kind of thoughts maybe from two or three years ago when those things weren't as evident and like if we look at this here draft again um true true a number of the teams like they have missed out on on serious opportunities based on how they've drafted their teams whether that's starting heavily at the running back position or what you know just depending on how they've shuffled up the teams and i think the the key for the listeners is we'll keep talking about it until people start changing the way they're drafting probably but i think that it's a, a combination of both i think that people undervalue the tight end position when it comes to tight end premium formats and and how much especially at the top end of the tight end how much that means based on you mentioned travis kelsey we talked about earlier this week just dominant force george kittle who when he's been healthy has been absolutely unbelievable particularly with yards after the catch and getting his touchdowns and he gets that volume when he's healthy in the the 49ers offense darren waller has really emerged into a star and i mentioned mark andrews i still have a I still think it's a very solid season for him and I still think that the upside is there and um, we've seen how that offense struggled at points this season it wasn't all just down to Mark Andrews obviously Lamar Jackson had his issues and the the offensive scheme wasn't working as well as they would like so there's lots of uh, positives around him as well so I think that both the the quarterback and the the tight end position are just maybe at this moment in time a little bit misunderstood in these formats and that gives us a little bit of an edge then when we're drafting teams to be able to uh, you know get those higher win percentages as well so I think it's it's definitely a combination of both but I, I think I think playing in Superflex Dynasty Leagues as well has given us a advantage when it comes to then super long, super flex season long leagues because there's still a percentage of probably quite a high percentage of people playing like Dynasty Leagues that aren't playing Superflex and then if they're dipping their toes into best ball um rather than staying in the, the dynasty sphere for that, um then that gives us an edge as to, to how to draft and how to value those quarterbacks and and particularly the guys with the higher end upside and, and the Russian quarterback. So lots of lots of interesting stuff there. Sean, I know um, one player that you wanted to talk about in this was uh, Clyde Edwards-Hilaire and um, going quite a little bit earlier than, than you would have expected in this one. Obviously, it was kind of him versus Jonathan Taylor was the debate at the start of last season um, after the draft. And at this point in time, looking at what he has done and what Taylor has done, I think outside of landing spot, I, I, I really th- there could be a huge bounce back coming here. There could be a Melvin Garden style uh, bounce back coming, but I think there's not a huge amount going for uh, Clyde Edwards Lair other than playing for the Kansas City Chiefs. If we're looking at it from a fantasy perspective, do you think there is still 
the option there for a, a high upside running back? I think there's the option that I mean, there's certainly a scenario, right, where he could be a star, where he comes out and scores 20 touchdowns and you know moves in that direction of being a more Alan Kamara type of player, catching a bunch of passes. And the people who drafted him are like, see, I mean, you, you guys missed this uh, once in a lifetime opportunity to draft him. At the same time, I've got to admit that I am floored by where he is being picked in these drafts. So in this one, again, with all of those quarterbacks going early, he's drafted 211, right? He's drafted ahead of Nick Chubb. He's drafted ahead of Cam Akers, Josh Jacobs, Aaron Jones, DeAndre Swift, you know, Antonio Gibson, someone who has a far inferior offense, but the same skill set except better in every possible way, right? Bigger, faster, <laughs> all of those different types of things, a much better rookie season right and so you're looking at that gap there and and it wasn't just this draft in the other draft that we were in he was drafted in the 302 but that still was ahead of joe mixon it was ahead of gibson J- james robinson josh jacobs uh harris and etn the two rookies so i was i was really shocked by this and you, know, you look at that first game where he looked good but was stopped at the goal line all of this different times that was really his best game of the season until he got in this groove a little bit later one of the things that came out from the first half of his year is that he was the least efficient early draft pick since thomas jones i mean the numbers that he was putting up in terms of fantasy points over expectation were so far through the floor i mean you could stand there and look down and not even really see them right now what complicates this a little bit is that the injuries make it difficult to see you know what he would have been down the stretch i think that these selections fit a lot more if you take that little bit of a run that he had mid-season and then he followed it up with good performances in the playoffs at this point with his injury we can't really tell i mean they they wanted to play him in the afc championship game and they had to go to darrell williams because I mean, he simply can't play. He's not any good. He is small. He's slow. He can't break any tackles. He doesn't miss anybody at the line. The Chiefs, with the problems that they have on the offensive line, are not going to be that kind of team where they get you uh, 10 yards into the clear and then you know you can make some guys miss in the secondary. I mean, you've got to make the first guy miss in the backfield. You've got to push through. You've got to be able to have the speed to get to the edges. And that's simply not really his game. And so... I question whether the fit in Kansas City is what the Chiefs were hoping for going in. Now, they picked him ahead of all these other guys. They used a first-round pick on him. They have a limited number of picks going forward. And I just mean that you know every team has a limited number of picks. You don't get to go in there and just keep picking in order to fill all your holes. And the situation that they have with the salary cap now and Patrick Mahomes, they're going to have to build a lot of their team through the draft and so you can't keep going back to the running back well you can't go back and take a harris or take an etn because you missed on clyde edwards Alaire when you picked him in the first round I mean, you could but it would be very unlikely so i think he's going to be the guy there but i think it's going to be a committee and i think this is going to be a pass oriented team and so unless he does emerge as a big time pass catching back then it's really hard to see where you would go now i can understand the infatuation with the landing spot you look at this chiefs team you say okay well he didn't really do anything in the afc championship game but look at the team when he's back when he's healthy when he gets that second year boost of having been in the system being able to practice having perhaps we don't know this is going to happen yet but perhaps a more normal offseason then he's going to look completely different in year two 
You mentioned Melvin Gordon. I think that's the name that jumps to people's minds. One of the big differences, or really maybe the two big differences that we see with that, is that number one, Melvin Gordon was going at a huge discount in year two. So you could be wrong about Melvin Gordon when you drafted him, and we did. We loaded up on Gordon and had him on basically every team because he's going in that fifth, sixth, and really even seventh round range to where, yeah, I mean, you don't want to take a zero or have a bench player or have a cuttable player in that range. But if it's our zero running back approach, we know that because of the structural advantages of that, you can make some mistakes. And if you make a mistake, you want to make it with this incredible upside. The difference between you know round five, six, seven, and rounds two and three, that's that's a huge difference. I mean, with Clyde Edwards-Alaire, you're basically pricing in that his rookie year didn't matter you're not getting any sort any sort of discount for that the other thing is that melvin gordon was a much much better college football player he was a superstar clyde edwards alaire emerges in that final season as a guy who took advantage of this lsu juggernaut now it doesn't mean that he couldn't also have been good but when you look at what joe burrow did as a rookie you look at what justin jefferson did as a rookie showing that i mean he, he was so much better than we could have possibly even hoped even as guys who wanted to have him on, on most of our teams, you think about the fact that Jefferson probably not even the best wide receiver on that offense. It, it, it's hard to look at that LSU team and think to yourself, okay, well, Edwards Alaire is probably not just a product of what they had going. That wasn't the case with Gordon, who's bigger, who's faster, more athletic, more productive. And again, it doesn't mean that every guy who's a star in college becomes a star at the NFL level, but we see time and time again that if you want to be good as an NFL player, you need to be much, much better than your college peers. Melvin Gordon had that, and then he experiences a little bit of a down season as a rookie, mostly because he didn't score touchdowns, and you have a buying opportunity. With Clyde Edwards-Alaire, it feels more like a selling opportunity, or at least not an opportunity to overdraft him in early 2021. Now, again, I, I hope that I'm wrong. I hope that the Chiefs have a diamond in the rough here hope that he becomes their brian westbrook as they've claimed so many times so if i'm wrong i won't be remotely disappointed but i think that you have to look at some different picks at that spot yeah i agree and the one player that i've noticed in the last couple of drafts that i've checked out that i i think people might need to move up draft boards a little bit and uh, that's james robinson but um i think he's just been overlooked a little bit based on on his situation i think if you if you said that he was playing for the Chiefs versus uh, what we've seen with uh, Edwards Lair, uh, we would see a big difference in, in where those draft spots are. But maybe uh, Robinson's a player to, to bid for uh, one of the sh- upcoming shows in, in the next couple of weeks. But what we do want to know for the next couple of weeks um, as we continue to do the podcast here is uh, send your suggestions for some of the off-season shows you would like to hear, maybe some of the topics that you would like to, to hear discussed. Um, you can send them to me at Overtime Ireland on Twitter. Or you can email them over at rotavizradio at gmail.com. Uh, get them in for us as we we head into our upcoming weeks of content here on road of his overtime and um, sean we're going to finish it up with some recommendations as we uh, had been doing we're going to we'll try and filter them into the, the shows here as we move forward um but i'm going to go first and uh, i don't know if this is a good thing or a bad thing but um it helped me filter out some of the pain <laughs> over the last couple of days from the the packers loss uh, I've, I've started watching cobra k i might be 
uh, a little bit behind the rest of the world because obviously there's three seasons in the books now but uh, I've been enjoying season one it's been a, a little bit of an escape for me from the Packers loss so that might be boosting how my perception is viewing the content or it might just be that the show is really good um it's obviously uh, for anyone that has looked into it um it's kind of based around the, the karate kid films um from from long and our distant past but uh, a lot of a lot of funny moments in it um interesting show all around as I mentioned three seasons 30 episodes and what i really like as well um sometimes when you're watching a series and i know it can be good as well to have more longer form content um i like that the episodes are kind of that 20 to 25 minutes long um with a, a young child now sometimes it's hard to get that time to to sit down and, and watch those longer episodes without interruption so you can kind of get most of an episode in before before things uh, kick off uh, in the household at the moment but uh cobra kai uh sean have you have you watched cobra kai I, i've been i've been enjoying it I saw the first season and a half when it was on YouTube and enjoyed it. It it really does a fantastic job of looking at some of the conflicting types of things that can happen, bringing in some of the backstory of some of these characters who may be the villains, you know, the family drama element of it has, has a lot of strengths, maybe a few weaknesses. It's also a little bit of a, a surprisingly stressful show for you know what what the content is or what you might think that the show is going to be about when you go into it when you think of uh, these different families dealing with the feuds dealing with um, how that has gone through the generations and even spilled over into their kids lives and the difficulty of some of the things that their kids are facing so so good things about it bad things about it i know that it is a, a massive sensation here in the u.s and uh, the first two seasons i think rave reviews from everyone season three maybe generating a little bit more of a mixed response but definitely something that i would recommend colin i wanted to mention you mentioned that the some of these shorter 25 to, to 30 minute shows can be fun there's a, a television show on amazon called upload made by greg daniels and and that name jumps out for a lot of people because you know he was behind so much of the greatness and the humor of the office and parks and recreation two of the the most popular shows of all time he was behind people of earth which is a sort of an alien abduction or alien encounter uh sci-fi comedy that didn't get maybe the attention that it deserved we've mentioned it on the show in the past something you should definitely check out if anything in that direction interests you at all he was part of the group behind space force which had a very uneven premiere episode that generated a lot of negative publicity but the show itself throughout the season was actually pretty cool did a lot of of neat things there i think some critics maybe misunderstood the tenor or the tone of that show and what they were going for but upload is a, a weird show because it's a, a sci-fi romantic comedy with a murder mystery element the one of the characters killed at the beginning has his consciousness uploaded into sort of this digital heaven and then you have his relationship with some of the characters who are alive in real life and 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 all of the things that go into that so you have the sci-fi elements you have the comedy elements that he brings into all of his shows a pretty funny show with some of the situations that are generated there it has the murder mystery element but also has uh, some deeper types of things going into you know what is identity what is reality what is consciousness and you know looking forward into the future a little bit as some of these things might 
come to place. And we're not that far away from having to deal with, you know, what would our decisions be if you have the option to put your consciousness into something that is not your physical body. So for for sort of a, a half hour comedy, there is a lot going into that. And if you just want to laugh at, at the funny elements, then you can definitely do that. Yeah, and I think uh, sometimes like it, it can be just nice to have that thing to escape from reality for a short period of time. You don't sometimes, you know, after a, a day, you don't want to have to put as much thought into some processes, and <laughs> that can be nice uh, to sit down. But I'll definitely have to to check that out, and maybe when I I get to season three, I can come back and maybe my review uh, won't be as positive for Cobra Kai. But we'll we'll, uh, we'll try and battle our way through the the rest of the two seasons to, to see how things go. But um, it's it's been it's been uh, fun having the recommendations on the podcast and obviously the listeners have been sending theirs in as well so uh, I, I said about um, sending in your topics for shows over the next couple of weeks don't be afraid to send in some recommendations if you have them it's always good to, to talk with you on twitter um, and um, you know get those recommendations as well me and sean might uh, be able to get a, a view off them also uh, as always when you're listening to the show we like to remind you you can get a 10 percent discount to rotovis nfl pass you can do that right now by using the code rv radio 2021 at checkout or go to rotovis.com forward slash podcast for more information as always the content uh, that we talk about on today's show and the tools we reference uh, you get access to all of them when you do sign up to a rotovis pass my name's Colin Kelly. As always, you can follow me on Twitter at OverTomorrow. My co-host is Sean Siegel. Uh, you can check out all of Sean's great work up on rotoviz.com. Until we're back next week with another two shows, as always, have a good one. Thank you for listening to Overtime on Rotoviz Radio. Please rate and review the Rotoviz Radio podcast on iTunes or your favorite podcast app. You can contact us via email at rotovizradio at gmail.com. Follow us on Twitter at Rotoviz Radio. And remember, you can always support the pod by subscribing to Rotoviz with a discount through the Rotoviz Radio homepage, rotoviz.com forward slash podcast.